Hello, it is Garrett Anderson coming at you live on Thursday, April 20th. Happy 420, if uh, that is your thing. I know I've enjoyed a few of those holidays, so to speak, in uh, years gone by, and uh, we'll uh, we'll kind of leave it at that, shall we? Um, I've got uh, a few things to talk about, and I've only got a little bit of time today. It is uh, mid-afternoon, and I've got a Janie's gig tonight that I uh, am excited to get to. And um, got to get my daughter off to her dance class and do a little kid swap, kid responsibility swap with my wife so I can get out, out to the gig. Um, but uh, but yeah, so we've got a couple minutes here. I did want to do a quick live at you. And um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, I hope you're well. Um, I did have a little bit of upsetting news. I saw on my phone that there was a uh, another terrorist attack in France. France Fran- uh, Paris shootout leaves police officer and gunman dead. I think it was terrorism related. Let's pull up this article real quick from the New York Times on my phone and get to the bottom of it. Um, the Champs Elysees in central Paris. I don't know if I said that right. Um, let's see here. That's, uh, it's terrible. Gun violence is, is upsetting regardless of if, if it's terrorism or not. Um, it sucks when, uh, those, you know, first responders and, and police forces are, are the ones that, uh, that take the, the, the brunt of it. Um, and, and God bless that they get out there and do that thing to, to keep everybody safe and protected so that we may celebrate our free speech and free expression and, and love and, and trying to create villages that are positive and not, um, you know, not violent. Um, let's see here. I can't tell right away if this is um, a, a terrorist attack or not. What does it say, Mr.? Oh, okay, well, Trump is chiming in on it. And the Prime Minister of Italy saying that the shooting, quote, looks like another terrorist attack. And what can you say? It just never ends. We have to be strong and we have to be vigilant. And I've been saying it for a long time. Is that a Trump quote? Um, hmm. Well, I'd like to offer that it can end. Um, after listening to a bunch of Sam Harris's podcast called Waking Up, I am of the opinion that uh, I think is his opinion that... Um, there, there needs to be support for and advocacy for some reform when it comes to re- religious institutions, religious beliefs, and, and how we, uh, how religion and secularism collide 
um, and, and frankly, Muslim Reformation, which, uh, you know, or, or Islamic Reformation, and to get some of those elements of jihad and, and the violent elements out of, it's uh, out, of, out of, you know, out of the world. Um, let those modes of thinking evolve with, um, with some proper love and compassion and dialogue. Um, but it is tremendously tricky and it's upsetting and that's all I'll say about that for now um, with again repeating the plug that I kind of slipped in there for you to check out Sam Harris's podcast called Waking Up if you're interested um, in his take on our modern conflict with uh, radical Muslims um, and he, he, he uh, just as a disclosure he does come from the perspective that all religions are sort of intellectually dishonest and that it's problematic to support you know support dogmas and institutions based on on dogmatic um practice he he would rather have everyone coming from things coming to things from a perspective of rationalism and and morality so it's interesting to hear this this guy and his super smart guests um talk about that sort of stuff um Inspired by some of the podcasts that I've been listening to, I am going to start having guests on Live At Ya, or at least give uh, give it the old college try, uh, if you will. I was, I was thinking about that the other day. I, was, I, I say, if you will, sometimes, and it'd be hysterical to me if someone, if I use it in, in, in conversation, if someone's like, I will not, you will have to come up with a different way of saying that, sir. Give you, you, I will not grant you that you'll give it the college try. You have to come up with something else. Uh, come up with a new way to say that, if you will. I will not. Feigned, feigned indignation. Is that what that would be? That's one of my favorite types of social humor, is when you pretend to be mad at each other. Um, I don't know what that says about my personality, but... Oh, oh no, I just looked and my recording is super little... That is too little. Okay, it'll be fine. I'll just I'll just boost it with some post production. So yeah, I am gonna try to have some guests on uh, on this podcast, and starting tomorrow, I am going to uh, I'm gonna have two interviews tomorrow. One is with a guy named Mike, who I met at a music networking thing. He actually put it together. He was the representative for NARIP, that N A R I P, National Association of Recording Industry Professionals. He was the host for that uh, Phoenix chapter meetup of NARUP, and he also owns his own uh, record label. uh, I guess I'd call it a boutique record label in town here. And I said, hey, you know, I'm really interested in what you're up to. Maybe we could record a conversation and and see if it's uh, worthwhile to put out as a podcast. So I'm going to talk with him. And then I'm also very excited um, speaking of, you know, building your villages from the inside out, uh, I'm going to be interviewing a woman, um, or having a conversation with a woman called Dawn Thacker, and she is a public education advocate here in Arizona. She was uh, very vocal in her opposition of a vouchers expansion program that just went, uh, live, that just got voted in by, uh, the, uh, 
the legal institutions here in, in Arizona, the uh, government institutions. I think it was the Senate, um, House and Senate. Uh, you don't quiz me on my state politics, but I'm hoping this woman can kind of school me a little bit on my state politics and understanding the relationship of public policy as it, as it pertains to public education, which is uh, near and dear to me as a father and hopefully near and dear to everyone because everybody else's kids are, you know, a good portion of them are going through public education. So we want to try to get that right um, so that the generations of the future are badass motherfuckers. No, uh, you know what I mean. Um, so that we educate our, our children and uh, our neighbor's children in a good way. Uh, what else are we talking about today? So last week I rambled on and on and never got around to my awesome or annoying and this is what I, what I think I'm going to try out as a new segment of the podcast, you know, here and there, maybe not everyone, but, uh, and I want to encourage if you're interested, uh, and you come up with a concept that you think would be fun to discuss as, is it awesome or is it annoying? You can let me know. Um, so what, what first thing, first impression, if you know this guy, uh, what is your first impression of Malcolm Gladwell? When I say Malcolm Gladwell, are you like, oh, yeah, sweet, that guy's awesome? Or are you like, oh, man, that guy's annoying? Because uh, I kind of feel it both ways. I've, uh, he, so if you're, if you're not familiar with him, he is basically, uh, from my perspective, a popular social scientist, um, author. Maybe, maybe social psychologist would be how he would uh, you know, describe himself. But he, he is one of these kind of academic intellectuals that will distill down lots of research and lots of findings on human psychology and societies and how things work um, into clever books and articles. And uh, he, he, he may have some academic position somewhere. I'm, I'm not positive. Um, look him up, Wikipedia, Malcolm Gladwell. Um, and uh, let me know if you think he's awesome or annoying. Some of his books were, were pretty popular. One was called Blink. Um, one was called the tipping point, I think. And in those, uh, he had, a, you know, a few of these books where he was outlaying what it is that makes exceptional people truly exceptional in that, um, 10,000 hours book. I think he talks about someone really needing to practice for about 10,000 hours before they're proficient at something like in, in a leadership, like best of the best kind of way, be it sports or music or pottery um, teaching. I don't know. I, I, I think the idea was that it, it applies across a lot of different occupations and, and, and pursuits. And, uh, so he's got these really clever kind of, you know, he, this, the reason he came, um, came to mind for me was I listened to a Ted talk recently on choice and it was a Ted hour podcast that I was listening to on what goes into making a simple choice. And he was on, or, or clips of him and, and his interview were on because he gave a TED talk about all the choices of pasta sauce and uh, the evolution of the pasta sauce industry and the marketing around pasta sauce and the varieties of pasta sauce. Um, I'm talking like ragu and, and prego, um, ragu and prego, prego, prego. Um, you know, you've got your spicy sauces and your your, your more watery sauces, savory, sweet, 
um, chunky or not chunky. And he, he talks about how the industry had to evolve from having like two choices to learning that, oh, well, there's not one perfect pasta sauce. You know, it's people have different preferences. So the pasta sauce industry blew up and then all of a sudden there's like 65 choices on the shelves at your local supermarket of what kind of pasta sauce to get. And, you know, he's he's delivering it in this sort of, um, you know, clever, cutesy way and people are laughing and he's got you hooked on this this concept and describing the history of pasta sauce evolution. And I think on one hand, I'm a little jealous that he's so good at at drilling down into the interesting nuggets of these kinds of stories. And then on the other hand, I'm like, wait, how the hell is this guy making a career out of talking about pasta sauce? Um, and of course, it's it's the choice and the underlying choice behind the pasta sauce and then the relationship with marketers and trying to... Uh, you know, influence consumers to pick their product or, uh, or to provide the right choices for their product. And the, the rest of the podcast was really interesting. You should listen to it if you're um, intrigued by that sort of stuff, you know, what goes into making a choice. Um, but uh, the Malcolm Gladwell piece, like he, maybe he came off particularly self-absorbed on this one, but I was just like, man, he sounds really obnoxious right now. This is really annoying. I I like reading his stuff. I've 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 gained some, you know, applicable wisdom. I think from some of what he talked about. Um, he in one of his books, I think uh, the tipping point, which is like, you know, how does something become flash in the pan, viral sensation, super duper successful? Um, he looks at uh, these notions of stickiness. Like, is the, is the idea or is the brand or is the product sticky in someone's mind, a consumer's mind? Like, is it really easy to grasp and remember? Um, and, and again, you're like, wait, did this guy just write a book, you know, calling a concept sticky? You know, like, it, that doesn't sound very, like, academic or intellectual, but maybe that's his genius, is that he's kind of distilling it down into ideas that simple minds like ours, as I'm sure he would consider it, <laughs> um, you know, can can understand and apply. But, uh, yeah, so Malcolm Gladwell, I don't know, is he is he awesome or annoying? What would you think? Um, let me see here. I'm hearing a little click, a little clicky click. How about um, podcast malfunctions? Awesome or annoying? I'm gonna gonna lead in towards awesome. Everything is awesome. Oh yeah, maybe I could have little. Maybe I could sing that song as intro and outro music to the everything is uh, either awesome or annoying, or maybe a little bit of both. I think that's the that's kind of the fun of the concept is that there is a duality there. Um, everything is awesome or annoying. Everything is cool when you're part of a team. Um, so yeah, there's, there's my little awesome or annoying segment. How are we doing on time? We're okay. We're okay. So, uh, let's see here. If you got any suggestions for awesome or annoying, if that was fun, worth trying again, we'll, uh, we'll do that. Um, oh, I didn't say everything I wanted to talk about with Malcolm Gladwell. So let's get back into that. Yeah, somebody cued the outro music of everything is awesome or annoying everything it's a little too soon my producer over there hey don't hit that button yet man we're not done talking about this concept 
So uh, Malcolm Gladwell, again, if, you, if you're familiar with him, that'll be way more interesting and hopefully funny. But uh, he, he's kind of the epitome of that NPR TED Talk delivery. Like he, he helped write the book on that, like TED Talk, you know, dramatic pauses. And But hold on, I want to make you think about this. But then let's consider X, Y, and Z. And the beauty here is that when X and Y work together, the cumulative effect on Z is even more profound than the additive effect of X and Y. And you're like, oh my gosh. And then they show a slide with like, you know, a puppy or some sort of emotional heartstrings thing. And then they'll show a slide with some figures and charts on it and they'll break it down. And then look at this amazing finding. And then this, you know, we're, we'll walk you down this path and make you think it's going to be this. But then, well, hold on. It's actually that. And this was surprising in the laboratory. In the laboratory, they discovered this. And he's, he's got this, you know, NPR TED Talk style voice where... If you want to be judgy about it, it can get annoying really fast. So uh, hopefully you can kind of like turn that dial down of uh, judginess about that sort of delivery and just go with uh, the, go with it. Um, he, he strikes me as the kind of guy that would write it, like he's so he's so good at what he does, which is, again, I think part of what what could be annoying about him is that um, he, he would probably write in pause breaks uh, for applause and laughter like while he's writing at home thinking about a talk he's going to deliver he's probably like oh yeah and then i'm going to do this and then everyone's going to laugh and love me <laughs> it'll be great i should i should expect to have to pause there for a good seven seconds and then i'll re-engage the whole room again and they'll be in the palm of my hand for my awesome findings about pasta sauce right so he uh he wrote the book on that um but yeah, so he's actually good enough to probably pull it off. Like I'd say probably 99% of the applause breaks he writes into uh, or, or, you know, humor laugh breaks he writes into his presentations, he probably nails because he's good at it, which makes me jealous, which is why I'm judgy. No, actually, like in all seriousness, I think his work is cool. And I, if I met him, I would probably apologize for making him one of the subjects of my awesome or annoying which also reminds me i was thinking that if i'm gonna do this to anyone else i should do one on myself so pretty soon expect an awesome or annoying on garrett anderson so that i can uh, i can have first crack at myself so people don't think i'm too uh, too mean or judgy or whatever it's like you got to be able to take a hit if you're going to deliver a blow. But as you can tell, this is all in good fun. I'm not actually going to trash anybody on here. Um, but uh, yeah, so Malcolm Gladwell. Everything is awesome or annoying. Everything is cool when you're part of a team. If you don't get that, that's the Lego. That's everything is awesome from the Lego movie, which uh, was a big, a big hit in my household because it was a movie that I enjoyed that my kids could watch. So, or, or a kid's movie that I also enjoyed is another way of putting it. If you will, I will not, I will not let you say it that way. Find a new way to say it. So I had a really good farmer's market gig this Sunday, um, at, or no, this Saturday at farmer's markets. They, that those could be good topic material for awesome or annoying. Are you good at farmer's markets? Do you like them? I'm much better at them when I'm performing at them. I don't really love going to farmers markets because I, uh, yeah, I don't like spending a lot of money 
Uh, but when I'm the performer, I get to earn some tips and then I like to give back to the market by spending some of those tips on the stuff that people are selling. And I, I actually really embraced this farmer's market. It was the second time I played there in, in the past like month. And they're really nice people, really good community vibe. I, I didn't get the impression that people were, were selling stuff um, at, a, at a markup. You know, sometimes you'll have people at farmer's markets that are selling stuff and it just feels like it's marked up. This didn't really have that, that vibe to it. Um, you know, and people selling local fresh produce. I brought home some dates, made some date appetizers, bacon wrap dates with goat cheese in the middle, or I tried a couple of variations, goat cheese in the middle or almonds in the middle, bacon wrapped. It's pretty good. Um, or the, the simplest, and I thought probably my favorite was, um, a half a date. You got to make sure you take the seeds out, um, the, the pit of the date out a half a date, um, on top of a little slice of pepper jack cheese. It was really yummy. Get a little spicy, get a little sweet with the date. Um, and I couldn't eat too many dates at one time. That's the other thing. So maybe a good party snack, or, uh, if you're going to a dinner party and you want to provide a little appetizer, finger food, do a little bacon wrap dates. I think my favorite was for the bacon wrapped variety. I think you should just go the whole way and do goat cheese plus almonds in the middle. So you take out the seed or the pit of the date. Um, I cut mine almost in half so that they kind of opened up like a storybook or a magazine and then took the date out and then stuffed it with as much almonds and goat cheese would fit in there, close the date back up and then take a half of a slice of bacon uncooked, uh, roll it up in the date or roll the date up in the bacon and then put it on a tray and, 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 uh, broil it up or uh yeah cook it up i don't think it was a broil it was a it was a hot cook but not quite a broil um but yeah so the farmer's market was really cool and one of the things that made this particular gig so neat was there was this guy who was vending popcorn that was off to the right of me while i was performing and he was just into the music um the ladies that were selling some some local honey to the to uh so there was me, and then off to the right were these ladies selling local honey, and then this guy selling popcorn. And the three of them were having this really nice time listening to the music, putting in requests. The woman was like, hey, could you play any John Mayer? I was like, sure. Played a little Why Georgia. Um, my my lyric book, uh, I, I hadn't quite figured out a system yet, and I went to go play Why Georgia. I pulled up my lyrics on my big binder because I haven't gotten... Um, you know, up to speed with the iPad yet. I'm still using the binder. Um, yeah, I'm not too motivated to switch to the iPad quite yet. The binder is where it's at for me, but at the farmer's market gig, we were outside, a breeze came along and flipped my pages. So I was about like halfway into verse one of why Georgia. And then I lost the lyrics and I was like, Oh man, it's like, I got, sorry guys, I got to start this one over. So I, I like paused and tried to do it as, as inconspicuously as possible, but kind of like I strummed a chord and let it ring out as long as it would. And then started flipping my pages back over with my right hand, you know, got back to why Georgia. And then I realized I had to put something down that was, you know, heavy enough on the binder so that the pages wouldn't keep flipping in the wind. So I grabbed my harmonicas. Um, and I've, I've got, you know, th three harmonicas in my little setup and I grabbed two of them and I was like, okay, sweet. So on my music stand, is my binder open to why Georgia? I put a harmonica on the, you know, the left side pages and the right side pages so that everything's kind of stable, right? The wind isn't going to come blow, blow my lyrics away. 
And I finished Why Georgia. I'm playing some more songs. The guy, the popcorn vendor guy's like, oh yeah, man, you got a voice on you, son. Like he was a really cool dude. Um, and uh, the ladies were friendly. Everybody that came through for the farmer's market was really friendly, throwing in tips. I sold a couple CDs, which was nice. Um, a guy asked me about giving him guitar lessons. Like it was a very affirming experience. There were people behind me doing yoga um super duper like right up my alley kind of vibe just again creating your village from the inside out and i happened to have the the honor of being the soundtrack for the for the morning for the day um it was really cool long gig um 9 to 12:30 was the gig took a took a little break at the beginning and a little break halfway through but uh but yeah so these folks were engaged and requesting songs and singing along I could uh I was playing Call Me Al by Paul Simon and at the very end there's like that if you be my bodyguard kind of outro thing and I could hear the popcorn guy from where I was going like there's this little melody that's either like on the flute or background vocals in if you be my bodyguard i could be a right and i had forgotten about that part from me playing it sometimes with a cover song I'll, I'll play it enough times and and not listen to the original version for quite a while and then i'm basically performing my memory of my cover of the song uh, which I, I think is neat because it gives it my own sort of flair to it. But then this guy was singing along this background vocal part, quite in tune, by the way, probably better than what I just did there. But uh, I was like, man, this guy's got, he's got, he knows music. He's digging it. He's lively. He's, he's getting everybody to smile and laugh. He's giving away his, his uh, popcorn samples and selling popcorn to people. And um, okay, so uh, fast forward a couple songs and I'm going to go, uh, I'm starting to look for my harmonica to play a different a different tune. I think I was going to play Little Secret um, and add a little harmonica. And I, I'm looking around and I only see one harmonica over on my little setup. And I was like, I was like, oh man, what, where am I? And I looked behind my setup. I was like, did it fall off? I'm looking on the ground. I can't find it. I'm looking for a specific key of harmonica that'll go with this song and i'm starting to get bummed i'm like man wh where is it how because i'm looking around i was like if it fell off where it normally is it's got to be around here somewhere i couldn't find it and then i hear i hear i hear harmonica and now i'm not playing and i look i look around and there's this little girl that's uh walking with her parents through the the farmer's market and she's playing harmonica she's using you know like just tooting away on a harmonica, this little, like, I don't know, six, five, four, five, six-year-old girl. And I was like, well, wait, wait, did she grab my, did she pick up my harmonica? And for the sec, I was like, man, where, that is, that is messed up. Did, and then I was like, wait a minute, if that's my harmonica, why are her parents just letting her play it? Like, her parents, like, looked down at her and asked her if she wanted, like, this, I don't know, a cake pop or something from one of the vendors. And, and I was like, do, do they, did they... Did she pick up my harmonica and they're now she's just playing it and they're fine with it? And I had this internal monologue of like, what's up with these parents? Did they, how, no parent should just let a kid pick up a harmonica in the middle of a, a farmer's market and start tooting on it without wondering what's going on? And, and I was like, wait a minute, she must have brought it because the parents, there's no way. And then I glance over at my lyric book and I was like, oh, yeah, 
I had to use my harmonicas to keep my lyrics open. So this whole time I've been playing different songs, flipping the lyric book, replacing the harmonicas as little like page holders on my music stand. And then when it came time for me to go use that harmonica, I went back and looked at where I usually have them with my setup and couldn't find them and then created this whole narrative. And there just so happened to be a little girl I mean, how often do you see little kids walking around with harmonicas in the first place? It's got to be pretty rare. Now, let alone in the moment that I'm looking for a harmonica of a specific key that I cannot find. I've got one harmonica sitting where it normally is out of my three. And I was like, where are my harmonicas? Well, lo and behold, like an idiot, I had completely forgotten that they were holding up my lyric book. Um, so that was embarrassing. And I retracted any sort of judgy thoughts that I was having about those parents and that little girl. I was like, man, I'm going to have to go over there and ask her for my harmonica back. This is going to be awkward. Um, well, luckily I didn't have to because that was her harmonica. And if I was really smooth, I would have tried to figure out what key her harmonica was in and then play songs in that key so that she would be harmonious with whatever I was playing. But uh, I wasn't quite that cool on the spot. I think halfway through the next song, I was like, oh, man, I, I should have played a song that's in the key that she's playing. And we could have a little impromptu, unspoken, subconscious jam session with this little six-year-old walking around with a harmonica in the farmer's market. That would have been cool. Alas, the idea came to me, like I said, halfway through the, the following song that I was playing. So didn't get to do that. Oh, well. Um, so then this popcorn guy, we're breaking down and I go talk to him. I was like, Hey man, I really appreciate you enjoying the music today. You know, you kept, kept things lively and it was really fun to play for you. Um, I said the same thing to the, the, the honey ladies, the ladies selling some local honey. And this guy, he's, I was like, um, he was like, Oh, so what happened was I put on outro music to clean up to, right? So I was done performing and I had my phone hooked up on airplane mode so that it didn't go ding while I was um, playing music through the speakers for the market while everybody was breaking down and while I was cleaning up my stuff. And on my mix for the gig, I had a snarky puppy song. And he it's uh, they're kind of this progressive jazz fusion modern super uh, super hip, super technically talented music. And this guy goes, man, is that snarky puppy? And I was like, oh, it sure is, dude. I was like, how'd you know that? I was like, dude, you must know music. He was like, I've been playing keys all my life. And I was like, oh, shit. No wonder you were having such a good time. Like, and I was like, oh, well, now, like, I'm, I'm even more, you know, complimented coming from a musician, right? I mean, musicians have a tendency to give really good feedback to other musicians, um, you know, constructive or, or otherwise. And this guy was having a good time. So, um... I, uh, I, we get talking about music and he's got this whole experience behind his, you know, uh, he doesn't just sell popcorn at farmer's markets. This is like one of his businesses, but he was a musician out of, uh, the Detroit scene, I want to say. And we got chatting and he was like, Hey man, let me play you some of my stuff. So we go hook up his phone to the speaker and he plays me some tracks of his and he's involved in and has gotten a few of his songs picked up by other artists. So when I mentioned that on the, on the mic, you know, it kind of, it, it triggered this conversation between the two of us to talk about music publishing. Um, at the time I was talking about my song, my someone who, uh, which I recently promoted as my, one of the more recent, uh, yard sale demos. And I got feedback from folks 
on Facebook about artists to reach out to, and I have started reaching out to them. So thank you for that engagement. I really appreciate it. Um, small but sturdy response on that uh, on that track, so I feel good about it. And uh, I said, hey, so here I'm going to play a song called My Someone, and if you have any artists you'd like to recommend that I uh, pitch it to, let me know. And at the end of the song, he, he was very nice. He said, man, you got to sing that song. I was like, thanks, dude. Thanks, dude. So he, he knew I was in, in tr- intrigued and interested in pursuing this publishing licensing game. And he's, he's the guy to talk to. Like, he's got some experience succeeding in that, in that arena. I was like, who, who would have known? So I think on previous podcasts, I've talked about how some of those gigs, you don't feel like they're really moving you along. They're just kind of maintenance gigs. Well, here, I got to play my gig, kind of speak my mission and be genuine about it. And this guy picked up on my vibe and was like, hey, you know, you got to check this out. You got to check this out. I said, hey, send me your music. I'd love to hear it. Um, let's compare notes. Let's, uh, you know, so I might, ha- I might see if I can get him on the podcast or uh, just, you know, maybe jam with him sometime or something. Send some tracks back and forth over the computer to, to collaborate. And it was really cool to meet this guy. I, I was leaving the gig with uh, a big grin on my face, the, just kind of feeling like the dream was coming together. So that was really cool. I appreciate that. And uh, hopefully that won't be the last you hear of him. Um, I'll let you know what I, uh, you know, kind of what we what we talk about. And, and like I said, maybe we'll do one of these live at you interviews, uh, conversations with that guy too. So it was kind of a chicken in the egg thing with starting to invite people on, onto the podcast to record conversations and have guests because I want to offer folks a platform to have a conversation. And I was feeling like it was a chicken in the egg thing because I feel like I don't have quite a, a solid listenership of this live at you experiment um, to make it all that appealing to folks. Yet when I start talking to folks and inviting them onto the podcast, it seems like they're pretty receptive and they understand that it's fledgling is the word that I've been using in my emails. I'm like, I have a fledgling podcast, (laughs) you know, and you know, but the idea here being if we can help folks have a platform to get their message across, even if it doesn't reach a lot of people immediately, it'll still be out here um, and something that people can latch on to. So for, for a few weeks there, I was feeling this tension between wanting to expand to having folks join me on the podcast versus not feeling like the podcast was mature enough in terms of audience numbers to warrant them wanting to be on the on the podcast and I just kind of had to slice my way through that chicken and egg conundrum and just start doing it and hope for the best so that's gonna be that's gonna be coming up here uh, like I said tomorrow we'll be doing some some uh, some of the first recorded interviews um, or you know uh, conversations I don't know if I should call them interviews or conversations. Hopefully there'll be more conversations than interviews. But uh, but yeah, so that's what's on the horizon. Plus a Janie's gig tonight, which should be pretty fun. And yeah, I got to keep this one brief because I got to pack up the car and get my daughter off to dance class. So yet again, another example of me trying to show up and be genuine and let you guys in on some of the behind the scenes stuff going on with the podcast and with my music vision, um, my music mission. I did put a new song or a new uh, demo 
called Ever After up on Yard Sale Demos. So go check that out. It's kind of a, in essence, it's a Carpe Diem song, but it, it, it does take sort of a, a bittersweet kind of look at, at uh, making the most of your life. Uh, the hook is kind of like, I'll spend, um, I'll spend the afterlife remembering, so I'll need enough of us forever after. Um, that's sort of my, my morbid yet sentimental approach on that lyric. And the music just seems to, to fit the vibe perfectly. I got really lucky in the studio laying down some tracks and just really liked how it turned out. Even though I, st- I still consider it a demo, um, it, may, it may not be finished. Maybe it'll show up on another project sometime down the line or if another artist wants to run with it. But, uh, but I did want to share it because it it's one of my favorites that, that came out of the recent uh, demo recordings. So I hope you enjoy it. Go check it out on my Facebook page or uh, the Yard Sale Demos, which you can link to, um, as always, from GaryAndersonMusic.com um, has, has the links to everything else that's going on. So thank you again. Um, drop a line and stay in touch. Hope you're doing great. And I'm off to pack up the car and go to dance class and then go to Janie's. Put on a little show, a little 420 show. I might, I'm, I might bring my laptop and try a little live stream tonight. We'll see. Um, oh, that reminds me. I have a live stream coming up next Friday, April 28th. So uh, that is uh, through Facebook, Facebook live stream on Friday the 28th at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. And I'm going to try to get a really solid, you know, half an hour to 45 minute set for, uh, to live stream. And the intent there is I've been having a lot of fun and getting better at gigging out around town here in Arizona, but I miss playing for my family and friends back East and, you know, across the country now, you know, so many of my college friends have branched off and are doing their own thing. So thought it'd be neat to get a little video down and uh, folks are welcome to attend at, you know, at the time that I stream and hop on the comment board and, and request songs or, make fun of my hair or I don't know, you know, whatever, whatever we do, um, make fun of my beard right now. I've got a big bushy beard, um, or, you know, enjoy it after the fact, hopefully it turns out well. And and it's something that we can leave up there. Um, we, sometimes I refer to my music mission in the plural as if there's a ton of people helping me out with it, but, uh, it's just kind of slipped into my vernacular. If you will, no, I will not. Okay. Peace. First and last of men Living in these times of deadly superstition We're the first and last of men